Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 119 of the Double Density Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, you and I are uh, sponsors this week. Uh, we are without Doritos. That is fine. No sponsor this week, but I will say you sound amazing in my ears this week. Thank because, you. Because um, we're going to be talking about iOS bugs, but uh, sometimes uh, bugs happen um, inadvertently and are preventable. And in this case, Brian has been sending me over Skype the audio from his laptop <laughs> uh, microphone instead of his actual microphone. So uh, you hear the good audio, but now I'm hearing the good audio right. while we record. Right. So on my end, what had happened is that sometime in the last little while, I'm not sure when, um, the Skype values defaulted back to like the built-in microphone and stuff. And I don't know when that happened, uh, which is a problem. But uh, I mean, listen, I record straight into my laptop, so that's not an issue. The final episode sounds great. But yeah, I don't know uh, when this like reverted back. Um, but the good news is you get to hear me as other people get to hear me. Yeah. Uh, I just am, am embarrassed that when we've had guests on, they've heard your scratchy, uh, crummy audio. Yeah, but who knows how long, like far back this goes, right? I know, I know. Uh, but all that to say, it sounds really good. I was going to say, oh, wow, your internet's amazing now. Uh, but it has very little to do with that and I think much more to do with the microphone. With because, fixing my settings, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, newsflash, like if you have a good microphone, you're going to sound good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, podcasting tip of the day. And I mean, like you don't have to spend that much money on a good microphone, right? Like my AT2020, I bought for 120 bucks Canadian. Yeah, some people might think that's really expensive, but... There, if you want to go really inexpensive, there is an amazing uh, knockoff of the Shure mic I use, which is the SM58, the classic microphone you'll see pretty much anywhere, right, Brian? Yes. Well, there's a knockoff of that. It's a Pile microphone. It's called Pyle, and uh, Amazon has it for like under twenty bucks most of the time. There you go. I like this. How we're starting things off with a life hack and a suggestion. Uh, we also invite everyone to start their own podcast. Yes, of course, please. Um, so let's move over from the functional to the non-functional and the hilarious. And by that, I mean, let us talk about some iOS 13 bugs, right? So iOS 13.1 just came out and <laughs> five days after 13.0, which is ridiculous. And uh, the funny thing is that uh, 13 seems to be like the most unstable build in a long time. So a lot of people had a lot of like very different, very weird um, things happen to them in a very short amount of time. A lot of the iPhone I was going to say iPhone, iPhone 13, but no, iPhone 11 reviews, both pro and non-pro, mentioned how great the phone is, but how buggy the software seemed. A few people had having issues with the camera app because the camera app is actually revamped completely for the new iPhones. It's similar on the old iPhones. Like the, If you pick up a new iPhone and look at the camera app on that, it will be significantly different from the app you're using on any iPhone 10s or below. Right. So there's a significant difference um, in terms of aesthetics, in terms of functionality, because I haven't seen a lot of the new the, the camera functions and the, the phone functions. So if you can kind of come walk us through that a little bit. Well, the, the new phone has three, three cameras on the pro and two cameras on the standard, I guess we'll call it the middle class tier. The middle class tier, yeah, I guess. Still very expensive regardless. I think the middle class tier is like the iPhone 8 you can get. <laughs> Fair but, enough. Uh, there's a, it's a different font on there and the way the camera works because there's that wide angle when you're shooting, you actually see beyond your image. If you're using the standard or the telephoto lens, you actually see beyond like 
on the sides. There's some good examples in the MKBHD video of the review. Uh, he talked about how weird it seems, um, and he wished he could actually turn that feature off. But there's a few things. Uh, John Gruber talked about some of the bugs he came across in his review of the iPhones 11. Um, I encourage you, go seek out the reviews of the people you like online. We don't do reviews because uh, we don't have review units here, and neither of us can afford to just buy an iPhone 11 uh, outright. Well, can for, you, Brian? No. Uh, I mean, could I? Sure. Do I want to? No. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I ha- I could like just go blow a thousand dollars of savings on that. Either uh, that, that or like uh, we do live no. in the age of uh, credit, right? So I don't have credit cards. All my money's under my mattress. <laughs> Would you then also care to read out your address as we work through this? We've talked about credit cards here before, and uh, yeah, don't put too much money on credit cards. Not a good idea. With that said. There are a lot of bugs. I actually waited to update. This is the first time in years where I did not update day one. I, I, because iOS in the past, usually pretty stable by the time it comes out in September. I, I know you don't like to update, but you have more of an issue with storage space yes. than anything else. So with my SE, there's a 16 gig limit right in the hard drive. And uh, uh, so 10 of it is already taken up by the system. I love itself. that you called it a hard drive. Yes. And <laughs> well, it is a hard drive. I guess we call it storage on the phone. I apologize. Yes. But okay. physical hard drive in my phone. Um, yes. It and, spins and it whirs. Yeah, exactly. Little light flashes when it accesses information. And uh, so uh, this update is 1.73 gigs. Um, so I need to yeah. like stop listening to certain podcasts for about a week in order to be able to do this. <laughs> anyway, I updated my phone, updated my iPad yesterday. Uh, this is being recorded on uh, what's today? 25th? The 25th, my friend. Yes. Yeah. So I updated it. I really like iPad OS. Pretty cool. I oh, a small thing, but something that I I heard about people talking about it this summer while they were looking at the betas. The apps do not reorient themselves on the screen when you go from portrait to landscape and vice versa. And I like that I know exactly where apps are. So I, look, I figured it out over the time, but it would be annoying when you shift your iPad and then the app would be in the wrong place. You're about to press on something. It's not there. It's annoying. I like it. You can fit a lot more apps on the screen now because it made no sense that the uh, layout was the same on my uh, iPad Pro as it was on my iPad 2. Right. I, uh, you resolution, are, a lot better. You're also a creature of habit, though. Yeah, I guess uh, people say that. The people uh, say that. Being a robot. Uh, I think that is like the most, like your consistency is your greatest strength, I think. I think so. I try. I try to be consistent. I'm not always consistent, but I try. I haven't, uh, I haven't practiced my magic enough uh, this week, or, uh, and I didn't do enough yoga over the past few months, and that uh, destroyed my back. So, so a combination of lack of magic and uh, lack of yoga have rendered you um, uh, somewhat immobile, I guess would be the best way of putting it. Yeah, no, I'm much better now. I'm actually a lot better. I'm, I'm actually been doing yoga a lot now, so it's good. I will be recording this podcast, and right after I'm done, I'm going to do some yoga. Could we get like an animated GIF of you doing this? No. No. All right. Well, I tried. Uh, if anyone wants an animated gift of Angelo uh, doing some yoga, double underscore density on Twitter. If we get a couple of tweets going, would you do it? Nope. Do you, so do you wear billowy shirts when you do yoga? I usually do yoga in my PJs. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm hoping to cut all this out of the episode, but maybe not. No, you, you can't do this. This is lifestyle stuff. This is the, the important stuff that people uh, pay zero dollars for. Um, okay, but coming yeah. back to iOS, uh, let us talk a little bit about one of the funnier bugs that I've seen consistently pop up, and that has to do with the keyboard. Yeah, well, look, one of the things I like about updates is all the cool stuff they add. 
But the thing is, is uh, you mentioned just now, I'm a creature of habit. It's nice to have stability. And sometimes updating is not a good idea, uh, especially if you're a professional of some kind. So a professional musician online was posting something about the um, soft synths on iOS not working anymore because there is a new feature in iOS 13 where if you put three fingers on the screen, you can actually do stuff with text, which is really great. Uh, For example, you can undo and redo and cut and copy and paste using three fingers. And it's actually pretty intuitive once you get the hang of it, but not helpful if you're trying to play a keyboard and using more than two fingers. If you use three fingers at the same time, it pops up a cut and copy and paste menu. It's uh, kind of disconcerting to watch this go down live when someone's trying to do the one thing they want to do and are unable to do it. Yeah, this is an obvious bug. Apple's probably going to fix it. But they seem to have had so many other bugs to fix that this was not a priority to get fixed in uh, 13.0 throughout the betas. I don't know if it's fixed in 13.1. I haven't actually tried it. You want me to try it right now? Could you please? This is a live double density demonstration. You get that? Isn't it uh, Closing Counters the third kind? Yeah. So it looks like uh, after me attempting it on my iPad, it seems as though the bug is actually fixed, uh, at least on the Moog synthesizer I have on my iPad. Okay, perfect. So at least uh, there is a fix in place. So is the question Moog for you. Or Moog? Moog. Moog. Robert Moog. Moog. Oh, okay. Um, I want you to put your wizard hat on for a second, your tech wizard hat. Uh, why was this so unstable? I think they they tried to do too much. Because that's the thing with 13.0 is that all of a sudden, a few weeks before the actual release of iOS, they had to drop a lot of features that weren't working. And then all of a sudden, there was a beta for 13.1 before 13.0 even shipped, which is extremely odd. Yeah, like I, it feels like they have this in their back pocket. It felt like one of those game developers that ships you the disc and then you know that the quote-unquote DLC in the patches uh, are day one and actually uh, need to be there in order to run the game. Didn't like one of the, was it Halo or or Gears once had a like 20 gig patch day one? Yeah. Or, or I think it was a Call of Duty game. There was one that was like 40 that I games. saw at one point. Yeah. Oh, I think it was Destiny. Yes, that sounds about right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, imagine <laughs> that's, that's one good thing about uh, old video games when all you could fit on there was like 200K. Uh, there was no patches. No, there wasn't. You got whatever you got. Exactly. <laughs> for better or for worse. Zelda! Moving onwards and upwards from uh, the iOS and what's in your hand to what you are watching on screen. And this week, I linked you to a uh, article from your favorite website, Business Insider, all about how um, with content disappearing from streaming services and moving on to other ones, physical media uh, uh, might become king again. You must be happy about this. I know you love physical media. I do love physical media. I actually uh, am in the process. I pre-ordered the Godzilla Criterion set. Godzilla? Godzilla? Uh, I heard Godzilla. No, Godzilla Criterion set. Godzilla Criterion set? Godzilla, 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 Godzilla. Do right before Halloween, which is great. Very excited about that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, with the news, and we were talking about this um, in previous episodes of Friends going to HBO Max, and now NBC Universal um, is starting their Peacock streaming services. So The Office and Parks and Rec are moving uh, there, as well as, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, they're going to be doing some original programming on Peacock, including a re-reboot of Battlestar Galactica. I heard about that. That sounds pretty interesting. It's just, 
And it's being done by uh, the guy who did something good. And I forgot who That is correct. Good job, my friend. Uh, who is it? <laughs> uh, Sam Esmail of uh, Mr. Robot fame. Yeah, okay, yes. That's who it is, uh, the Mr. Robot guy. I like. Do you watch Mr. Robot? I watched the first two seasons. I haven't done the third yet. I don't think I've done the third either. It's not available, is it? On, on I think I watched on Prime. I don't okay. know where I watched The second one was kind of let down, but I mean, this is not a uh, TV critique podcast as of yet, though we may decide to turn into that slowly but surely as I get sick of magic and I get sick of talking about uh, Apple. Yeah. Uh, now, going back to physical media versus digital media, Although I guess DVDs are digital, they're digital versatile discs. Uh, I mean, they, they're, they are uh, in an analog casing. I'm of two minds here. I totally get the appeal of owning what you have, but it's also not, the convenience of streaming is great, but this is where it gets frustrating, right? You think, oh, I have all 12 seasons of Friends or how many seasons there were. And then all of a sudden Clearly, Friends fan number one I'm talking to. Who's your favorite friend? Um... Ross was a bit of a jerk. Correct. Chandler's okay. Joey's just likable. Yes. Um, uh, Rachel was... Uh, actually, I had no problem with any of the female friends. It was just the, the dudes were more problematic than the women. I do agree with that assessment. Also, I am a Gunther. Thank you. Poor Gunther. Yeah. Uh, but yeah... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, you said, you know, you have two minds, uh, um, a, uh, less scrupulous person like your co-host would buy physical media and rip it. Oh yeah, you can do that. And then run, uh, run a, a server at home. Some of the magic videos I've, uh, I've picked up, I've actually, what's, what's cool about them is that you can either stream them or they always offer the, well, not always, but in many cases they offer you a download and I've only bought ones that have a download. So that way you can watch it uh, conveniently on your iPad, I assume? Well, no, actually. On the iPad, I'll just stream them. Um, but if I want to watch them on my TV, I will uh, use Plex. Oh, so do I. There we go. So yeah, I, um, uh, someone in this household who is me uh, uses Plex for a lot of their streaming, a lot of their physical media that they've bought and converted over. Double density. This uh, Business Insider article actually interviews a lot of people who own stores where the uh, reselling does happen, right? And they're saying that like uh, both classic as well as newer stuff such as Arrow um, sells quite well and they move uh, a fair number of movies as well as a larger chunk of television shows. Arrow's a show I'd actually watch um, if I had it streaming somewhere, and I don't. Was it was on Netflix for a while? Never here in Canada. They have a lot of the other CW, yeah, they have the uh, Flash. Arrowverse shows, but uh, Arrow itself is owned in Canada by CTV, I think. Uh, they have the rights, so it's probably on Crave. Yes, it is on Crave. I just use the internet to uh, find this one out. Yeah, all of our American friends are wondering what the hell we're talking about. They're digitally tuning in and out, wondering where the talk of fun friends are. Yeah. In Canada, we have this show called Netflix. (laughs) This one channel that everyone watches. We are a true monoculture, my friend. I'm excited. Like, for once, we're actually getting something day one with Disney+. It's it's, true. It it is one of the things I've been looking forward to the most in a long time in terms of releases of something. Apart from, I guess, uh, no, it's fine. I guess yeah. <laughs> the backtracking apart from, I guess uh, the, the latest Zelda game that came out, which I was quite looking forward to. Yes. But we could talk about that on another episode. Shouldn't we? For sure. Yes. Uh, Cause this remains uh, video game free for now, but uh, who knows next week what we're going to talk about. Maybe video games. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, anyways, with that, Angelo, I would like you to sort of marinate, think about the things that you would like to buy uh, if you had money, uh, be it iPhone, be it a complete box set of, um, you know, this, uh, the Seinfeld episodes. And uh, I will see you on the paranormal side of things, my friend. 
great to see you there it's the legend of zelda and it's really rad those creatures from ghana are pretty bad octorox tech tech's levers too but with your help our hero pulls through yeah go link yeah get zelda awesome intense the nintendo entertainment system your parents help you hook it up Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So this week, the first story on the docket isn't necessarily a uh, paranormal story, but it is a weird one, my friend. And it is uh, something that I've seen make the rounds in the news the last uh, couple of days. And it's all about this couple who claim that their quote unquote abandoned child is actually a scam artist with dwarfism. It sounds like the plot of a horror movie. It and is actually. The article mentions that uh, it reminded me a, a bit of a different horror movie where there's somebody living in the walls. I can't remember the title of that show movie wow whatever, really show. uh informative tonight uh you uh really do enjoy a good movie my friend you are the cinephile here i'm like an old man that show on tv back it's in a my movie. day we enjoyed all of the television for free yeah i had a, I had a little old man moment uh with one of the articles in tonight's episode and we'll discuss that when we get to it <laughs> anyways yeah so this is a really interesting article because and it's now coming back into the news because this has been in the news but um this couple has been charged basically with child abandonment because of the fact that they adopted a, a kid who apparently has a form of a dwarfism um so this girl's from the ukraine and they adopted her in, t- in 2010 and then uh, uh she's supposed to be eight years old but it seems kind of like perhaps she was a bit older than that so in 2012 parents actually uh, went to court and changed her age to 22 um in indiana and then they moved in 2013 to canada now they've been charged with child uh neglect now what the article never actually gets to is what is her actual age they mention a few ages there 8 11 22 which seems a significantly a huge difference there i'm not sure what age she was they got charged with negligence so she was actually underage and never 22 so to quote from the article in a recent interview with detectives michael 45 allegedly admitted he knew the girl was a minor when he and christine skipped town to canada so yeah and a doctor estimated her age at 11 yeah so 22 pretty far off you know what you do though right you just they're like trees these kids you cut them up and you count the rings yeah that sounds safe I am definitely not a parent, as uh, is the case, and um, hopefully I'll never have to deal with a child at all, ever. Really? You don't want kids? Eh, I'm okay. Gives you a good reason to uh, buy toys and stuff. Right, of course, for yourself and others, and reignite a passion and magic that, quote-unquote, my daughter's really into, end quote. Yep. I'm still uh, I'm still uh, wondering about that one. No, she's totally into it. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we go on, there was a magician that came to her school, and he did the trick she was going to do for her talent show. So she's really upset about that. Uh, so she's got to think of something new? Yeah, that really sucks. <laughs> uh, did she punch him? No, she didn't. You don't, you're not allowed punching clowns. He was a clown slash magician. Ugh, that sounds like the worst combination. Apparently it was very good. They enjoyed it. Everybody seemed to enjoy it. The only defense I've ever heard, and I think I've said this on the show before, of uh, being a clown is, uh, you know, it's, it's a job. Yeah, but if, if the person actually enjoys what they're doing, they can be quite, quite entertaining. Sure, sure. Uh, moving onwards uh, into uh, more familiar territory, we have an article this week from Mysterious Universe that talks about the Havana Syndrome affecting those diplomats in Cuba. Um, uh, originally, they thought it was perhaps sonic attacks and things like that, but apparently, allegedly, it is now mosquito gas. So many different hypotheses here. Which one is correct? This one seems by far the most plausible, right? It is something that could have happened. Um, have you ever been to Cuba? No. When uh, the few times I've been, it's just been on resorts, really. But 
they fumigate so much with the mosquitoes and these giant trucks pass by and they spray all this stuff in the air and it smells terrible and they, they assure you it's safe and you're not going to die. But uh, I don't know. I, I haven't had the symptoms these people have faced, but it's, it's very plausible. Right. So now apparently uh, the main ingredient in organophosphorus insecticides um, used to kill mosquitoes carrying the Zika virus uh, inhibits a key nervous system enzyme in insects, invertebrates, and humans. So a possible solution here on the docket. How do you feel about this? It's crazy that they're using an insecticide that actually affects humans. That's not a good thing to do. No, it is definitely not a good idea. I mean, but as you said, like when these trucks are going around spraying, would you rather have Zika or would you rather have whatever these people are going through, right? It's kind of a Sophie's choice. I I don't know if we're ever going to come down with the actual solution to this or the actual answer to this mystery because there's been a lot of research done on if it was a sonic weapon and a lot of that seemed plausible too. Now this seems plausible. Uh, What was the other thing that was plausible, Brian? Uh, Sonic weapons, all kinds of things, really like poisons, you know, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Well, technically, I guess the insecticide is a poison in this case, totally affecting the nervous system. So, yeah, just don't go to Cuba and uh, get sonic attacked with mosquito repellents. Actually, did you ever see those sonic mosquito repellents? No. Yeah, you carry around this thing and it makes an inaudible noise to humans, but it's supposed to keep the mosquitoes away. Apparently, they don't work at all. Speaking of Sonic, though, uh, kind of odd. The screenwriter for the Sonic movie is now following me on Twitter. Really? Yes, his name is Steven Scarlato. Did he uh, hear our episode with uh, with Daryl Baxter where we talked about Sonic? He probably did not as this was a recent follow. Well, maybe he's been going back. People listen to our old episodes all the time. You think that he's busy making his way through our archives? Maybe as he's writing the new Sonic movie. Could you go ahead, pull out your phone and call out a random episode that everyone should listen to, please? Right now? Yes. Okay, let me go. I'm calling out episode 90, Question Everything, X-File style. Do you want to just read a quick description of it? Uh, maybe uh... This week, Angela and Brian take a look at how much of what online is fake, be it the content, the metrics, and the people that influence what we see. Then, they have a look at the moon and all the strange things about it. Did you pick this on purpose? Because we also covered the sonic attack in that episode. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. It's one of the no, links. No, we didn't. Yeah, it's one of the links. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no i didn't i didn't pick that on purpose i just literally scrolled down and uh, i picked the one that my finger stopped on i will go ahead and choose episode 84 the united states of exorcisms probably one of the um uh, most interesting and intimate conversations we've ever had together i think and one of the most honest uh, emotionally anyways yeah that was a scary one because uh, we were dealing with something that isn't necessarily real uh, the actual uh, act of exercising demons but uh, the people who are dealing with what is happening to them, it's very real. I love how it was on the heels of our uh, biggest guest yet, Casey Liss. And then <laughs> the week after, we dropped a very intimate conversation about mental health and exorcisms. <laughs> really just on brand for us. What could space be? What could it be made of? What the heck is all those lights out there? Is it just a black curtain with holes in it? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Double density. So uh, to round things off here on episode 119 of Double Density, we want to talk about a popular mechanics article all about the long, long, long history of UFOs, my friend. So uh, the floor is yours because I feel like you need to share something here. 
<laughs> well, I did have a, a an old man moment where I tried to access the article and it asked me for uh, my uh, email address and I didn't want to give it to them. And I said, sorry, Brian, I can't read the article. I'm getting a pop-up about giving them my email address. And uh, you laughed at me and said, just put in a fake email address, you dingus. How did it go? I put in a, an email address, actually, I have that I never use. There you go. And uh, it worked. Is Look it that. is it Angelo Double D Fiorentino? Like Angelo DD Fiorentino? No, but it's kind of close. Okay, perfect. Uh, if anyone guesses the email address, uh, we invite them onto the show, right? Yeah, for sure. Anyways, with that in mind, uh, so this article has been very interesting because of the recent revelation slash non-revelations of these uh, Navy videos that are kind of like the the cornerstone of the TTSA strategy uh, in terms of uh, public credibility, right? Okay, so I feel like these videos are revelations every few months now because I feel like I read this article at the end of 2017. Yeah, I mean like... Uh, Leslie Kane, 2017, December, she puts out this article, this great revelation. The videos are up there. And then, uh, you know, it's kind of a cascading effect in every couple of months, as you have said, the uh, keep surfacing. Yeah. And it's the same stuff. Nothing really uh, revelatory here. There's no real new video footage that is compelling at all. I'm still, I still don't find the whole Tic Tac thing that compelling. Uh, it could really be anything. You know what I liked about this article? The great photos. Yes, there are a lot of really, good really photos interesting here. pictures. One of my favorite UFO shots, which have they ever proven it to be uh, a fake or what? The one in the farm, on the farm? Well, uh, no, I don't think so, actually. And I love that one because it is uh, shown in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes, unlike most of the Billy Meyer uh, farm photos, which are clearly fakes and hubcaps. Yes, those and wedding cakes and all kinds of garbage <laughs> and footage from an old TV show. Um, I don't understand how anybody could believe Billy Meyer in this day and age. I don't either. It's 2019 and like you troll the internet, you could find some people online who still buy wholeheartedly into that. And that's fine on a, to a certain extent, but really use your critical eye and what's being observed here, folks. Yep. I feel condescending when I say that. No, you're not condescending at all. You're, you're right. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, so, uh, the header of this article, um, sort of starts describing, how the word UFO has been supplanted in these talks of these TikTok videos with the words, the letters UAP. Which I find very pretentious. Unidentified aerial phenomena. But I feel, and we've talked about this before, how, you know, there's a stigma with the word UFO, right? Because UFO equals aliens equals little green men, right? Apparently it does, but it's not supposed to. I uh, literally saw a UFO on the way home tonight. See, but that's, that, that is your definition of UFO. It is not the public's definition of UFO. Yeah, because if I said I saw a UFO and somebody would come to me and say, oh, so you saw like an alien spaceship. No, I saw something that I couldn't figure out was in the sky. So on the way home on the train, I saw something floating in the sky. I, I can't tell how far it was. I couldn't, I, did, I didn't take any photos or anything because I was on a moving train. So you would have seen nothing anyway. But I think it was either a blimp or a hot air balloon. It was definitely not an airplane because it wasn't moving at all. Uh, and I don't think it was a helicopter either, but I really could not place what it was at all. And I have no idea, uh, to be quite honest, other than uh, my two guesses. When was the last time that you went to a proper cocktail party? Uh, I'm not quite sure what this has to do with anything, but I'll, uh, I would say, I guess, your wedding. You have the charisma of a wet blanket if you're going around saying, actually, no, a UFO just means that it's, you know, uh, not identifiable and not an alien. Sometimes you need a wet blanket. <laughs> 
I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like you are trying to uh, uh, display the true intent of what UFO means, whereas the popular verna- vernacular of the term, uh, you know, uh, presupposes little agreement. I guess I'm being pedantic. Yes, I definitely feel like you are the very definition of a, a consistent pedantic person. When it comes to this. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, so put yourself in someone else's body, right? Like, like uh, you, someone you interact with on a daily basis. Like the, the man who puts the oil in your robotic body. Okay. Uh, and nice. he says the word UFO and you'll, and, you know, and he probably sees flying saucer. That's true. Uh, anybody, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm gonna, I will not contest you on this. If you say UFO to most people, they're going to think alien. Look, type UFO into your phone and a picture of an alien. <laughs> and congrats, you're on a watch list. Yeah, no, but if you if you start typing in, let's say in messages, you right, start I'm typing do this UFO. right now. Well, no, I was going to open up a, a browser. I'm going to open up my browser. UFO? No, but if you type UFO gonna go. in uh, iMessage, you get a little picture of a UFO. Yes, so I'm going to go and there. I get. I sent it to you. I've gone into incognito mode. UFO. Yeah, there. It's on an flying object. There's a picture of a UFO, classic UFO. So it doesn't show uh, an idiot on a train who says, I think I saw a blimp. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. But I mean, okay, so let's, we should probably get back to the article here a little bit. <laughs> well, no, but it, it's no, relevant. No, that's fair, that's the, fair. Um, and I mean, the interesting thing is that they uh, tie on all the major religious texts uh, in terms of uh, people having seen things and reported it that could now, through the lens of like modern society, be viewed as UFOs. We talked about Ezekiel, right, a couple of episodes ago. He's an angel or something? <laughs> Aren't you the guy with the art history degree who should know all these things? Yeah. I'm just blanking at this moment. The, yeah, the spaceships of Ezekiel, right? Okay, and he he came down from heaven on a spaceship? <laughs> uh, no, uh, Ezekiel observed the spaceship. Oh, okay, okay. And then everybody said, you know what? You were drinking or something. Yeah, so the idea, yes, Ezekiel, you were drinking, uh, was clearly the thesis statement of this one. Um, yeah, no, there's the idea of the wheel and the spaceship landing and then God, you know, talking to him, but maybe it's a UFO, maybe it's one of those ancient astronauts. Can we trust anything from that time period? No. I mean, quite clearly, and we've discussed this before, right? A lot of these texts are translations of translations of translations. Exactly. So he may have seen a, uh, a blimp or a, a hot air balloon. All in 2019 says the Bible is a UFO manual. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, is that that could be a way in which like the you know different churches could get their hooks into people? I mean, uh, Revelation is it Revelation or Revelations? I mean, it's the Book of Revelation. Hold on, it is the Book of Revelation, singular. Okay, all right. Or the Apocalypse so, of John, or the Revelation to John. Okay, so there's some crazy stuff in there. Yes, there is. Um, yeah, that New Testament man. Now, okay, back to the article at hand. Yes. Uh, for real. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like a, a greatest hits of like a ufology almost, right? They talk about Kenneth Arnold. You talk about the, uh, the early 50s Washington, D.C. Um, sort of like a show of colors, I guess would be the best way of putting it. Show of light. That's a really interesting case to me that I feel like we should look at more closely. I wanted to tie that one into the Battle of L.A. I kind of wanted to do both in tandem. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's just like the idea of like a large amount of like uh, uh, lights in the sky all at once. Over a populated area. Exactly, yeah. Which doesn't happen ever anymore. No, and that's the thing, is that uh, we are a reflection of our times. Everyone is riding a drone around very covertly. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Uh, I I will freely admit that there could be something super crazy in the sky, and I'll just say that must be something else. It must be a weather balloon, like Project Mogul. 
Yeah, just like the opposite, right? Somebody will see a plane moving in a strange way and they'll say that's a UFO. So uh, no way we'll win. No, it's true. Listen, if a crab can walk sideways without problems, so could a UFO. Move sideways through the sky without issue. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but I do, I do feel like there are a lot of like really, really good anecdotes in here um, in terms of uh, you know the uh, long-tailed history of um, different spaceships and things like that, right? Yeah, there's, it's a... Um, it's. It's like a greatest hits. I think you mentioned that, right? And we could actually use this article to come up with uh, several episodes of really great content discussing the four or five sections of the of the actual uh, article. I've slowly started building an episode about the Foo Fighters, right? So the infamous um, planes appearing over uh, mostly Japanese skies in World War II. That yeah, the Foo Fighters. That's really such an interesting term that they used, and they they talked about it here and. That's that was one of the main reasons why they coined the term UFO because Foo Fighters sounded so ridiculous. Yeah, the idea of uh, seeing like a reddish, or in some cases, I've also seen it described as a greenish cigar-shaped UFO. The cigar shape was really a big hit in the forties. Yeah, well, now look, it's back. Although we call it a Tic Tac. Yes, you got to update your vernacular in ufology, right? Yeah, I guess a Tic Tac is fatter than a than a cigar. I don't know. You're the well, it's a Cuban one. cigar, but you're, then they you're, have the, the, the special smoke that kills. Uh, Mosquito. And Fidel Castro. Yes. If you were at the CIA. Yeah, they tried to blow them up with like those uh, Bugs Bunny type uh, cigars. It's not really paranormal, but I feel like I want to do an entire episode about all of those different kinds of ways in which the CIA tried to get to Castro in the 60s, 50s and 60s. I mean, it's not paranormal, but it is conspiratorial, which falls into our purview. And also largely uh, factual from what I understand. Yeah. And we like facts. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> thanks angelo um yeah i mean like uh of course this article mentions Luis elizondo and his uh, more recent efforts because you gotta you gotta mention that somewhere in here if you're talking about modern ufology right unfortunately no picture of him looking longingly out a window no it's true and or him looking tough uh, yeah there's no tough person uh there's no tough person uh, uh ufologist photo on this it's true it's true they're all like uh quite uh even mannered there's the guy holding the uh, i want to know what this photo is from the protest yeah, we've we've come across it several times. Uh, I love the man's hair and glasses. Um, and then one of the signs says, tell the truth about Roswell. And the other one says, UFOs are real and the government knows it and knows is in italics. And then the guy's wearing a really banging end UFO secrecy t-shirt. Yeah, he, he this image appeared on another article we talked about uh, sometime in the past. It's like, like I said, these articles feel like they're recycling themselves. Yes. The only thing, though, that to, to note of like this entire Tic Tac UFO thing, um, the Nimitz thing, is just the idea that now the Navy has admitted that these uh, uh, videos shouldn't have been released. Like that's they're doing a, a 180, like uh, almost two years later. Yeah. Oopsie. Like it's it cats out of the bag, dudes. Like just if I were them, I would have just rolled with it at this point. I look, we're 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 never going to find out what it is, and I think we both agreed that it was probably some sort of military technology that somebody else has. I mean, when we discussed this uh, in July, with the idea of um, you know a foreign power creating some kind of technology that could rival whatever we have right now, did seem pretty plausible. I'm still sticking to my guns that one, even though all in uh, 2019, Brian says, "Yo, six thousand different kinds of UFOs, from cigar shapes to domes to Tic Tacs, exist out there." So why don't we just harmoniously get along? You would love it to be a real UFO. Oh, of course I would. I, most people would, right? I, I keep seeing this thing about how people's like, um, uh, kind of like rag on skeptics, um, in the UFO realm these days. And it's not that I don't want these things to be true. I want them very badly to be true, but I need some verification. That's why I'm here. Yes. Let's, let's, yes, sure. Why not? The amazing skeptic. 
<laughs> yeah, you're the amazing wet skeptic slash wet blanket slash uh, pedantic cocktail partier. So what's your conclusion here, Brian? Have we Has this article swayed anybody? Have they explained anything? I don't feel like they are. No, but I mean, you and I spend a lot of time, and let's get meta for a second here. Like We spend a lot of time looking at this stuff. So to us, we're already jaded. We already know most of these things. You know, we know about the Kenneth Arnold signing, et cetera, et cetera. But to someone who isn't as familiar, this could be a really good place to start learning about all things, um, you know, flying in the sky. And I agree with Leslie Kane at the end where she says there's only one thing we could be certain of is that you're just stuck with something that you can't explain. And I think that's where we're at right now, right? Yeah, the 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 correct thing to say is I don't know. Right. And also, if this video is so old, why is the Navy in its sort of saying like, oh, this wasn't supposed to be released publicly? Why haven't they at least acknowledged a uh, plausible kind of source for it? Right. Like that would be the kind of biggest move they could do. What, so it was just stolen or what? We don't really know, right? I mean, it was excellent. Like, oh, there's a whole, there's a whole like bureaucratic side to the release of papers as well as the documentation behind of it. That's sort of, I don't want to get into it in this episode because it's very frustrating and it's like a lot of like he said, they said. Yeah, like Lynn Biscuit said. Uh, significant other celebrating 20 years this year, Angelo. Do you plan on listening to Break Stuff tonight or Nookie? No, probably not. Would you? I, I was never a fan of Limp Bizkit. Really? What a huge surprise! You also were a, never a fan of anyone who isn't a uh, female singer songwriter. <laughs> that's that's not true, but uh, that is my preference when it comes to music. How do you feel about uh, Three Doors Down? They played the inauguration. They sure did, my friend. They sure did, proving that time, of course, is a flat circle. And I feel like this is a perfect place to end episode one eighteen of the Double Density uh, Podcast. Tune in next week as we decide which one of Angelo's offspring will succeed him as master magician. See you then, Angelo. See you then.